listeners, welcome back for the sixth episode of Take Your Shot. I am your host, JP. You know who I am. I'm here with my co-host, Brandon. Welcome back, you guys. And yo, I'm feeling like it's 1986 in this joint. The Celtics are up 2-0 on the Nets in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. You aren't even thought of in 1986. It's like 1986, baby. The Garden was rocking last night. Brandon sitting across from me. He bet the... You heard him, y'all. He bet the Gatorade on this season. I was reluctant. But... The Celtics are absolutely dominant right now, Brandon. What do you what do you have to say? Because I mean, we got Snake number one, Kyrie folded. Snake number two, KD folded. Uh, Bruce well, they gotta be snakes. Bruce, Bruce Brown, you know why there's snakes. Stop that. Bruce Brown <laughs> was the best player on the court for the Nets last night. He was, and they ain't winning the series if Bruce Brown is the In best the player half. on the coach. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to, I mean, at the end of the day, when you have all of that skill, it's going to show. Like, they're going to score and they're going to get their points. But I think when it comes down to it, like, they're just getting outcoached. Like, Ime Udoka, um, I mean, he's coached against KD before. Um, and I think he just has the, that defense just fired up, honestly. Like, I I know they've been playing well all season, but I think this is, like, the first time for me really just seeing, like, them do it on, like, a bigger stage. And um, I think Steve Nash, like, he's not really – he hasn't really – I don't know if you, if you can tell me any different, but I haven't seen him make any adjustments. All they're doing is playing iso ball out there. And, I, and the playoffs, I think, after a while, like, you just can't do that. Like, you have to scheme up because the game slows down yeah. and you're not always running. So, um, I mean, the series – with that being said, I don't think the series is over. It's still They still got to go back to Brooklyn and win one there. But um, they got to make some adjustments. And I don't I, – I, honestly, I don't know if that's going to happen because I haven't seen Steve Nash do it all year. So Well, I know – uh, a lot of people are actually making fun of Steve Nash on uh, Twitter because, you know, he just stands on the sideline, <laughs> claps his hands. And, you know, I think in the past, you know, he really relies on players like Kevin Durant to kind of carry the net. Right. He kind of looks like, you know, lost out there sometimes. He's just kind of, you know, almost uh, relying on the star power to kind of mm-hmm. uh, take the lead for him. I think the one, the only adjustment he made in game two was he put Bruce Brown on Jalen Brown. Uh, on defense, but as far as offense, the it's Nets no made ISO ball. the Nets made zero adjustments. <clears throat> I will the the Celtics on ball defense on KD has been incredible. He yeah. looks flustered. Like I mean, because you guys are it's a mix of defense. I mean, like one possession you'll see Tatum guarding them, but it's not always. It, what I've noticed is like it's never one person just guarding KD. Like the help defense yeah. for you guys have been great. Like every time he tries to pull up for a shot, which I mean, according to the world, everybody may seem like he's the most efficient player in history, which, I I mean, honestly, he probably is. But, I mean, when you got a defense that's rallying like the Celtics are and they're keeping keeping KD and them flustered, I mean, like you said, it's not really too much you can do, especially because, like I said, the star players, they're going to get their points. But when you can contain them uh, and the coach doesn't have a scheme to – Fix it. I mean, yeah. that's going to be a result of it. So I, I was a little hopeful. What did I say? Well, I, I did at the end of the last episode say we were going to sweep them, but you know that was kind of more of a <laughs> you know optimistic homer take, right? But listen, if this continues, this will end in a sweep because look at this: 
Four for 17 <laughs> for Katie yesterday. 0 for 10 in the second half. Can you oh. really count on Cal- for Kyrie to come and play like how he did yesterday, though? I mean, he played. Well, Kyrie played equally as bad. Um, I think he has a little. He has more finesse than Katie's, th- though. So you know, he'll get. The thing about Kyrie is he was getting his looks. He just wasn't hitting the shots. That's I think some saying. of the times. But KD was actually like he's actually being pre- like flustered, pressured. That's what I'm Kyrie is a little bit too, but. I mean, both of them are just kind of together, not playing. Uh, they in the first half they were actually. Yeah. Let's just, in the first half they were. Then the Celtics adjusted, and as we said, Steve Nash failed to make the counter adjustment right. on that. And then at the and then when you look at it too, that game really shouldn't have been lost. I mean, despite like you said the adjustments on offense, uh, the role players that came in for the Brooklyn played pretty good. Steph, Seth Curry was playing pretty good. I think he had like sixteen. Bruce Brown had like twenty, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, when when you got guys like your role players playing like that, I mean, it's it's on KD and Kyrie. They just got to show up. And I think, I, I it's far fetched to say they'll get sweep. I mean, if I'm they saying, lose, if they I'm lose game, that. if they lose game three, like if they come out on Saturday and just don't show up like how they did last yesterday. Then yeah, I can see it. Of course, I'm but, saying if they don't change the way they're playing, yeah, like they will get swept for fact. You know, you look as as good as um, you know the the Brooklyn reserves were, which they were. I once again always have said that this series would always be determined by whose reserves were better, and the Celtics were better yesterday. Grant Williams, seventeen points off the bench. Peyton Pritchard came in and scored eight in the fourth, ten total. Peyton Pritchard is playing like he was. Daniel Tice in a different body has been incredible. Al Horford's been incredible. You just look at the players coming off the bench right now for the Celtics. They're playing together. They're playing like the team that I knew in the regular season. Mm. And, hey, listen, all I'm going to say is, you know, they kept telling us to avoid Brooklyn. I almost fell into that trap for a second. I almost fell into that trap. But, listen, it looked like 1986. The Garden was absolutely – fine, give me 2008. (laughs) The Garden was absolutely roaring. I mean – you might as well put Larry Bird up back on the bench slinging the towel like that one gif on Twitter. You mean I too mean, early for all that? Man. It was first round. Listen, the Nets are not getting out of this series because they have to go back to Boston. So even if Boston lo- loses two games, I mean, there's nothing like the Garden. Everybody knows that. But you can't act, sit here and act like you guys. I mean, despite that second half yesterday, if you take that away, and then if you talk about the first game, you guys went on a budget, so it's not like they can't. No, 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 don't start taking it away. No, I'm not trying to say they're taking it away, but I'm saying it's not like Brooklyn. It's impossible for Brooklyn to go on the road and beat you guys. Like they've shown, they could have done it twice, and they just coulda, shoulda, woulda. I mean, for sure. (laughs) So okay, so and we've also talked about since now it's confirmed. We talked about last episode Ben Simmons' possible impact. Looks like he's aiming to come back from game four. So that would be, um, you know, I think by the end of this week or beginning of next week. What do you think? uh, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from him. There's a lot Uh, of uncertainty. uh, Just as like just everything that has happened with him and like his like health updates, because Steve Nash is saying he ain't ready or like, oh, Ben will tell me when he's ready. But, you know, 
the rumors are that he's ready, but Steve Nash is saying no. I think if he was ready, the proof would have been in the pudding. He'd be playing right now. And that, why, like, why game four, like you said, I think in two podcasts before, if I'm not mistaken, it's such a weird <laughs> game to come back. <laughs> I mean, especially, like, I mean, if they win and then he does come back, what's the chances of him playing a full game? I mean, you're probably going to see yeah. him for like 10, 15 minutes, which I think could be helpful like on the defensive end and when it comes to rebounding and facilitating. But how much of an impact is 10 to 15 minutes really going to make on a game? None. Right. Especially so. with the way he plays. We ain't scared of him. He's pretty soft. So, But I would like to see him get back, especially if he's healthy. I think he would add some flair to, to what they're trying to do. Maybe. If he co- if he actually comes back and play, because like I said, the last time we saw him, he looked atrocious. So I don't know what he's gonna look like coming back after not being on the basketball court for what like almost a year now. Right. So, I mean, hey, Brooklyn's got to. I mean, Ben. I guess some Ben. I guess you use the mentality that some Ben Simmons is better than no Ben Simmons. I guess in this case, but at the same time, it's like. That also has the possibility to disrupt the flow, anyways, because of the rotation they already have. So I mean, all they do is run ISO ball. What is it going? <laughs> what is it going to disrupt? Well, is it, they the weren't doing that. The ball to Kyrie they weren't doing that in the first half. They had the Celtics on the ropes, right where they wanted right. them. So if they would have kept. No, they, they would beat the Celtics. KD, you were just the- saying he was firing in the first half, and the role players were hitting when they got their open shots. That's what's supposed to happen. That's what happens when your superstars play like how they're supposed to. It opens up the floor, and then you get the other guys opportunities to make shots. But when you come out cold and not hitting the shots you're supposed to make like Kyrie, that's the result of it. It doesn't yeah. matter how well your bench players play because your two stars didn't show up at all. Yeah. Moving on, Chicago Bulls. Defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. The Bulls stole a game. Yeah, we're, man, I was surprised. we're out here sitting here surprised on uh on um Thursday here. Man, I did not think that the Bulls were gonna win a game this series. Uh, I thought it was a for sure sweep. Chris Middleton did get hurt for the Bucks, so yeah, that's right. They are now down him. I I believe for this whole series because it said three to four weeks sprain MCL. Um do the Bulls have a realistic chance of winning this series? I don't know. I don't me personally, I don't believe in the Bulls. I'm not gonna say they don't have a possibility of winning it, but it all comes down now to I think Giannis has to really like not saying he hasn't all year because he's been playing I think even better than he did last season. But now since Chris Middleton's gone, I mean, it's gonna make it tougher. But yeah. he's gonna have to really come out and take control on like a like a LeBron type of hype. Well, listen, I maintain that despite I think the stats look better for Giannis, but I don't think he's playing better. If if know, that makes man. sense. Like the stat like I get it, like the stats are better. But just by the eye test, the Bucks are I I've I keep maintaining this. I, I will not let it go. The Bucks are not the same championship team they were last year. Now, uh, you especially just compare the way they're playing this playoffs to to it's only last. Been two I games. mean, I know it's only been two games, but you think la- I? I don't think last year's Bucks would have folded to the Bulls for a game in in the first. Now, they almost folded to KD by himself. Yeah, but you that, said it yourself. He was a shot away. 
he was a shot, well, a foot away, really. I mean, he Come made on. the shot. But they don't look the same on the court. And Giannis, once again, is only one man. The roster, the reserves, it's always about the reserves for the Bucks. It's never been about Giannis because he's like LeBron. We all know Giannis is guaranteed 30 points a game if he wants it. Unless by some miracle, he can't make a dunk or a layup anymore. Mm-hmm. He's guaranteed 30 points a game in any game he plays. Who could stop that man one-on-one? No one. So it's never about that. And that's why Chris Middleton's injury makes this much more intriguing. Because if you look, Giannis finals MVP, give it everything. If Chris Middleton doesn't exist, they don't win the finals. So... Uh, like as much as Giannis and how great he is and you know transcendent player Chris Middleton really is always the key to whether they push over the hump like they did last year or they fall short like they did many times before in the years prior to last year so I mean when you look at it if you look at the other side I mean the Bulls are a gritty team I'm not saying you know I think they have a real like a more realistic chance to win this series, obviously. Chris Middleton's out. But when you look, DeMar DeRozan is a dog. I mean, and you that's something that can't be measured by stats or, or anything like that. And DeMar DeRozan is kind of like that Jimmy Butler type player where it's like you look at him and it's just like, eh, doesn't have like the uh, the appeal of a star. But at the end of the day, can put the team on his back when he needs to be just like last night they take down the bucks by four i mean i don't know i mean you look i mean obviously 41 that's that's hard that's gonna be hard to to keep replicating if that's what it takes to beat Giannis. um three more games in this series but obviously he got help from zach levine um and you know nick vukovic at center so i don't know i mean i think they have a better chance are you done did you just tell me that DeMar DeRozan could put a team on his back? We just saw it last night. From, we saw a game last night. DeMar, and a momentum swing because Chris Miller got hurt. Are we forgetting DeMar DeRozan? Are we forgetting DeMar DeRozan's one? I'll let you get your take. Let me get my take off. But hold on. Are we forgetting DeMar DeRozan is one of the – He's well, he's the Raptors' greatest player of all time. Okay. Okay, so he's one French. So like, let's, let's, talk, a, let's talk about the Raptors, right? How many times were the Raptors the first seed, and then they see LeBron in the playoffs, and they fold? Okay. So, with that being said, just because they won a game, I don't think it's quick. I don't think you can go and say, oh, DeMar DeRozan is this guy that can just put a team on his back. Yeah, he had a great game, and I think I think Chris Middleton get going out, I mean, it does give him a better chance, but you, there's no way you're going to just say DeMar DeRozan, like, from I don't know you didn't say that but Giannis he's, has just as much dog in him as Demar Derozan if not more. He won a chip. Yes, Chris Middleton played a part in him winning that chip, and the role players did too. But if you've seen Giannis that that whole playoff series, and he can take over a series, and he did it. He did it in the chip, and he did it in the playoffs in general. I mean, the, like I said, the role players support it, but when Giannis has to turn it on and just dominate, you. He can do it, but he needs. And he's done it. But Middleton is the one key guy that he needs because Giannis, yes, can go out and score fifty, but that ain't changing anything. Chris Middleton will go out one night and give you dub, and then the next night and come out and give you four, six points. That's not necessary. He's been better. 
He's been better, right? But when it okay. comes down to it and somebody has to put the team on his back, it's Giannis. Well, and Giannis, he's done it before. But he who can't act but, like he hasn't. But the argument is he needs Chris Middleton. I don't think he does. He so you're saying not for this series? So, okay, no. So, I think if, so. The people that need to step up in Chris Middleton's place then to to replace the production are Drew Holiday. Don't make it seem like Drew Holiday isn't fifteen points. Buggy. Drew Holiday. Yeah, everyone. that's cool. Wesley Matthews. <laughs> that's cool, bro. Like I said, I'm huh? not denying. I'm not saying that they huh? they are Chris Middleton, but oh, what I'm saying is boy, oh Giannis boy. has carried teams before. Without Chris Middleton, you you act like we were just talking last year about how Chris Middleton needs to show up. So all the years before, Giannis has carried them to the Eastern Conference Finals before. Oh, He's he, done that oh, without he when, when Middleton was playing terrible. Carry, hold on, when now. Middleton was playing terrible in the Eastern Conference they were Finals last year, to the Celtics in the when first they were round. Playing, when they were playing terrible in the Eastern Conference Finals, when Middleton wasn't playing his best in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, Giannis put the back, the backpack on his back and said, "All right, come on, let's go. We're going to take y'all to the finals." Two All Stars or no? So. They were a shot away. I mean, it was a foot away, but Giannis put them up and put them on his back. He no, did it. No, because Middleton was still no, there. Because Giannis. Come on, that. no. Okay. Come on, no. Overhyped Giannis. There we go. Okay. Listen, like I said, he'll get you the stats. No, Nobody's debating what he's doing. I'm not doing. talking about the stats. I'm talking about dog. When, when DeMar DeRozan hasn't even, if I'm not mistaken, I don't even think he's gotten to a championship before. Ever. And he had he had support. He had Kyle Lowry. He had okay. Let's not let's not act like the so Raptors didn't fold like, as a team. Let's not act let's like, not act like the Raptors on, didn't fold on, as a team. Hold on, hold on. Let's not act like LeBron hasn't shown repeatedly that he's wiped the world uh, off the LeFron, map. LeFron when they were supposed to be the, part of when they were supposed to be the best team LeFron in the East. LeBron is not when they were supposed to be the best team in the East. So. Okay, so staying on the topic of Middleton, we have two other injuries. D book is out for games three and four of the Suns Pelican series. I believe Luca has not yet returned in the Mavericks series. He's unlikely to play. Um, well, it, it says he can return in game three, but not. they're not sure yet. So, But the Mavs are tied one-to-one with the Jazz. It's tied in the Suns series. It's obviously tied in Middleton series. So, each team is at the same spot here. So out of all three of those teams, who do you think is the most likely to make it out of round one without their star? And who is the most likely out of those three to lose without their star? That's easy, man. All right. Um, I think the Mavericks are definitely – I don't think – if Luka doesn't come back, I don't think they're winning that series. Do you think Donovan Mitchell's putting them – You think Jalen Brunson is going to carry them best? <laughs> okay then. So now <laughs> moving to the team that's most likely move out their superstar. I'm gonna stick with the team I was just talking the about, the Bucks, because Giannis is a dog at the end of the day, and I don't believe in Demar Derozan carrying them past. All right. Well, I'm gonna say um, most likely to make it out of round one, the Suns. Uh, Chris Paul has been, I don't know, a magician with the Suns. For some reason, they haven't missed a beat this year without both of those players. You know, obviously Chris Paul was out for a long stretch. I think they could do it without D Book. Um, I think the Suns make it out with ease. Uh, I, and I'm gonna have to go with the Mavericks. Obviously, I'm I'm not gonna pick. I'm not gonna say the champions are the least least likely to make it out of the first round. The Mavs, they need Luca. I mean, it's simple as that. They got 
who do they have besides Jalen Brunson? I mean, they don't have anybody. I mean, it's it's kind of sad. I, I'm not even really paying attention much to that series. It's real boring, to yeah. be quite honest. But, yeah, Mavs least likely to make it out. All right, moving on. State of baseball. Baseball's in full swing now. We're about, let's see, eh, two weeks in. Two weeks to the day, actually. All right, the A's. Oh, the A's. They are sorry. <laughs> and not just sorry. Um, actually, they're not that sorry on the field. They are sorry with the lack of support they are receiving right now. Um, right now, they sit uh, third place in the West, 7-6. and six. Attendance at an all-time low last night for the first time in 42 years. Um, I think just over 2,700 people last night at the Coliseum. I mean, it. you could see it's it's deflated in Oakland. They're the last sports franchise left in Oakland. And, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I feel bad for – I'm not an A's fan, but I go to a lot of A's games. I feel bad. Uh, the What what the owner and, um, you know – the management is doing there with the product on the field and whatever bullshit they're doing with the stadium off the field, they're taking away the, the pride of, for Oakland baseball, right, right in front of our eyes. They trade, they have a mass exodus, a mat. Let's just trade all of our best players literally days after the lockout ends. And they expect, they expect it to go well. And you know I'm not, and I'm not speaking for the record here because, like I said, they are a game back so far, and I'm sure I expect them to fall off soon. But it's clear the the fans are fed up. They're demoralized. You can kind of compare it to the Sacramento Kings, but that's pretty much what it is over there in Oakland. It might be even worse because uh, Kings fans are more passionate than it looked like last night. I mean, literally, a, a reporter for. Uh, SF Chronicle literally did a pan of the stadium. You couldn't even see. There was not like a, there was no one. It was empty. So the question here is, are the A's done in Oakland? Because I've, I think they are. I've seen enough. I think that, uh, I don't care what owner Dave Cavall is saying about his waterfront stadium in Jack London Square. I think they're going to Las Vegas. What do you think? Um, First of all, I think it's, it's unfortunate that, um, just come to this and disappointed, like you said, I think for somebody that's grew up in the Bay Area his whole life, grew up and never, not necessarily like always the most interested in baseball, but it was always nice to go to a game or two sometimes and just see, see your local team play. But at this point, like you said, I think everybody's just fed up. Um, not, And I think this goes deeper rooted than just baseball. I think just as a city, they're just fed up with like, how I don't know if you want to say how they've been treated or what what you would want to say, but I mean if you think about it, the Raiders just left. What was that? Almost three years ago. Mm-hmm. Then right after that, the Warriors left, and then now it's the A's. We come down to the A's, and he's basically forcing his way out of Oakland. If you look at it, like you said, yeah. he's traded his whole roster. Which I mean, we've seen him do things like this plenty of times, like throughout I, my I, life. This is the worst, we, though. But this is the worst for sure. Like, and um, I think. Like you said, I think you did. I think this is all a strategic plan to just get out of Oakland and get to Vegas because it's like you trade your whole roster, 
Um, you can't expect people to come to games like after something like that, especially at a stadium that's been it's well past due. Um, yeah, and I think is I think if if a stadium plan in Jack London was really in the in the works, it would be in the works if that makes sense. Like it would have already been like it 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 would have probably been they've been talking about this for like since I was in a senior in high school if I'm not mistaken. Like it's been a while. Yeah. And um yeah, I mean, I think this is just the way to force their way out, which is very unfortunate cuz I think Oakland deserves to have some team there and not just the Oakland Panthers, the IF, IFL team that they got. And, <laughs> um hopefully it's a way that this situation can get solved, but I really doubt it. I really think we'll be seeing the A's in Vegas in about a few years. Yeah, I think um Man, I mean, A's have been looking for a new home since the early 2000s. They need a new home. Um, I think their home should be in the Bay Area. I think, I, I, I don't know what it is right now, but for some reason, the pro, like the first thought in every owner or GM's mind to fix the, the problem that the team is always to move away from the community that is passionate about them while still saying we appreciate our fans. We, the A's have done nothing to say that they appreciate their fans yeah. in a long, long time. For sure. All they do is take away, but raise ticket prices. Granted they raise ticket prices on, on them, but no, they do not appreciate their fans. In fact, it was kind of embarrassing because on Twitter, the owner literally admitted that if, if, the fans wanted to see the trade stop of the star players that they needed his waterfront stadium in Jack London Square. He literally said it on Twitter. Yeah. He said, this is why we need a new stadium. That is the most ridiculous. How does a stadium, which may I add, he's paying for out of his own pocket with the money he says he doesn't have to pay these players, right? I mean, you just you just start naming them. Yoen Assessment is Josh Donaldson, Matt Chapman, Matt o You start naming them. You can go down the list. Coco. That Coco, you know, uh, all these players that, that he has traded, They the management, maybe not him, the owner, but management has traded away. And to come out and say that the the solution for this is – his new stadium is the most blatant, I think, PR stunt I've seen in a long time from somebody uh, like an upper management to literally go on Twitter and admit that I think was really like telling in his mindset. And I think I just feel bad for the fans that they've been totally disregarded. They love the A's, obviously. I wouldn't show up if, if I was a Pat. It's embarrassing. In fact, I will literally say it is so embarrassing. It It's starting to feel like the 76ers when the NBA literally had to step in and guide the franchise forward because it was getting so embarrassing. I'm going to say that that's somebody in the MLB office, Rob Manfred, commission, somebody needs to step in and stop that. This is embarrassing. Like to have one team be so overwhelmingly bad probably the Orioles are bad too, but to have a team this bad compared to, and there are bad teams. There have to be bad teams, but this, this is, this is encroaching on the integrity of baseball. You do not trade away your best players. You're, that is not a, a, a resolution for anything. Right. I agree. So across the Bay though, more shock waves. All right. 
Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel uh, apparently asked the 49ers for a trade. Um, I mean, obviously, he's their most valuable player on offense. I mean, they wouldn't have gotten as far as they did. He won games for them last year, but apparently there's a dispute over his contract. What are some possible trade destinations, and do you think he will actually get traded? Because sometimes these things happen where it's like, oh, uh, you know, demand for a trade, and then they, they can eventually work it out. Um, I think it's possible just because the draft is coming up and only because I believe if Debo truly doesn't want to be there, which I don't know, the reports are showing me that it doesn't seem like he does. Yeah. But um, if I'm the Niners, it's hard because, I mean, Debo, like you said, he's he's like un- – I've, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, where you somebody can play wide receiver and running back at the same time. But if you looked up like the updates, part of the reasons why they couldn't get to a deal is because Debo doesn't want to play running back anymore. Yeah, which is awkward because that's kind of what teams. I mean, if I'm trading for him, you're looking at that. I mean, I don't know. Like you kind of would want that. I would think too. Like yeah. you wouldn't want him. You you would want the whole versatility that comes with it. But um. If I had to just pick like destinations that would probably work best for both sides, I think the Jets would be a good, good trade. Because I think the Jets they're looking for a receiver that they want to make their number one. Along with that, they got like I think two first round picks. So yeah. I mean, you could do two first rounders in a second. I think that'd be pretty pretty equivalent for the Niners, especially with the draft that's stocked with wide receivers. Um, another destination I would like to see. If it was to happen, the Eagles, Eagles mm. definitely need a yeah. need a need a wide receiver. Yeah, and pair him up with Devontae Smith. Pair him up with Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts over there, um, and the uh, Miles Sanders. That'd be pretty nasty. And lastly, I would love to see this, but I doubt that it would happen. I would love to see Debo on the on the Ravens. That would mm, be Lamar. That would be na- that would be a nasty combination right there, especially because just how much you could scheme. Imagine putting Debo and Lamar Jackson in a read option play. Yeah. You're not stopping that. So, Well, this comes at an interesting time. Do you I, – I mean, if I'm in the Niners' mind, I one, I'm not trading Debo. He's literally, like I just said, the most valuable player on offense. Who, besides George Kittle, a tight end isn't going to take you that far. Um, tight end is very important. Don't get me wrong, but I'm talking about what he brought to the table this past season. George Kittle can't replace, so they don't have anybody on uh, the offensive side to to compensate for that. But I can understand if they're tempted because of the trade, the package that the Chiefs got back for Tyree Kill, which I believe was five draft picks. And think about it, bro. If somebody, what's the point of keeping somebody that doesn't want to be there? Say he holds out. And True. then, okay, you got the franchise. You do have the franchise ties. You have all the leverage in your power, right? True. But say he holds out and then franchise tag him, you, he holds out again, then he loses value. And True. you get nothing for him, and then he just walks for free. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a hard decision, but I don't. I think if they can't come to terms, I think a trade pack, uh, uh, a suitable trade package will work very well for them. Yeah, hard decision. Um, I guess we'll see. See what happens in the coming. The draft is obviously next week, so maybe there will be a move before them. But we'll kind of see what happens with that situation and update y'all on that when we when we see things move. But 
that about wraps it up from uh sixth episode of take your shot here i have been your host jordan with my co-host brandon listen y'all go celts baby bleed green hey man y'all know what them warriors do man see y'all next week thank y'all for tuning in